Today is not just graduation Sunday. It's also Memorial Day, or it's our Memorial Day celebration. And America has faced many foes. We have fought on every continent, and we've conducted missions to preserve our freedom and those that their freedoms have been oppressed. We have sacrificed our sons and our daughters on the altar of freedom, and we believe that we have unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And out of this, we have heroes that have come out of our country that love God and their country more than their very own lives. And it's for this reason today that we choose to celebrate, choose to remember those that have gone and died from battle or from battle wounds. In the war-torn battlefields of Europe, the common red poppy was one of the first plants to reappear. Its seeds were scattered throughout all of Europe during World War I. But they never, they never grew, they never sprang up, except when there were war-torn places from the hardest of artillery shells that were hit. And in the midst of that, we first noticed that the poppy, the red poppy, would bloom. This red poppy has taken on a symbolic nature of, of Memorial Day because that was the first thing to grow up in these fields. An American professor, days before the end of the war, penned a poem in response to the now famous in Flanders Fields. I'd like to share that with you this morning. We shall keep the faith. Oh, you who sleep in Flanders Fields, sleep sweet to rise anew. We caught the torch you threw, and holding high, we keep the faith with all who died. We cherish, too, the poppy red that grows on fields where valor led. It seems to signal to the skies that blood of heroes never dies, but lends a luster to the red of the flowers that blooms above the dead in Flanders fields. And now the torch and poppy red we wear in honor of our dead. Fear not that ye have died for naught. We'll teach the lessons that ye wrought in Flanders fields. History teaches us that the greatest foe that we face is not across, of our, across our borders or across the sea. It's not infiltrated into us, in and among us, but instead it's simply this. Forgetting that God is the provider for all of our blessings and the lessons that were hard learned by our parents and our grandparents. When we forget these things, we have introduced ourselves to our greatest enemy. You see, Christ came that we might have true freedom. And it's because our parents' and grandparents' faith that we live in a land filled with freedom, and it's unquestionably blessed by God. Amen? So this morning, I want to ask you to do something with me. I want to ask you that you would help me remember the sacrifices that were made before us so that we can continue in the freedom that we have. This morning, I'd like to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 8. 
If you're here with us this morning and you're using the Bible app, you can go to events and you can find this event in your Bible app. You can pull up our notes. But we're going to be reading out of Deuteronomy chapter 8 out of the New King James Version. While you're turning in your Bibles, I want to share with you this, that Deuteronomy, the word Deuteronomy, comes from the Septuagint. It's the Greek translation of the Old Testament. It literally means second law. It's important to understand what this means so that we can understand the context of this passage of Scripture as we read. Because this is Moses' farewell address to the Israelites, to the children of Israel. You see, this new generation never really had the same experiences that their fathers and their grandfathers had. This new generation, they didn't, they didn't go through the first Passover. They, they didn't cross the Red Sea. They, they, didn't, they didn't have all these others miracles and signs that, that the generation before them had. And so they needed a fresh awakening. They needed to see the law for the first time themselves. See, they didn't see the law come down from Mount Sinai. And so they needed Moses to remind them of the promises that God had given them. As they stood at the precipice about to enter into the land of Canaan, Moses came to them and he offered this, this message to them. And this message was actually released to them and it was, it was supposed to be read every seven years from the beginning to the end so that every seven years they would be reminded of the promises that God had made them. Moses desired to give this address to his people before he passed over the leadership to Joshua. Read with me in Deuteronomy chapter 8. It says, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes which I command you today, lest you have eaten all and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them. And when, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and when you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt when your house, uh, from the house of bondage, who led you through the great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought you water for you brought for you water out of the flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know and that he might humble you and that he might test you to do good in the end then you say in your heart my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Then it shall be, if you by any means forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and serve them and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish as the nations which the Lord destroyed before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you 
this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and open our minds to hear what you'd have to say to us. I pray, God, that you would circumnavigate the intellect, Lord, and speak directly into the heart and the life of each and every person, Lord, and challenge us, God, to remember you, God, in each and everything that we do, in each and every blessing that you've provided so that we can be in right relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Today I want to share with you that may we never forget our past. May we never forget our past. The Italian philosopher George Santayana, I don't speak Italian, so I think that's his last name, famously said, those that cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. This statement holds just as true for those that get excited about going to Costco for the first time and shopping, and then they remember that it's shopping, and they wish that they had never gone in the first place. Any survivors out there? Okay. Holds just as true for them as it does for a nation that goes on and lives in the blessings of freedom but have forgotten the price that freedom has demanded and forgotten what it really means to live in that freedom. You see, forgetting the past carries with it dire consequences. Moses experienced this for over 40 years walking with the children of Israel through this desperate wilderness. And in this experience, he stood with young people and overlooked the promise that God had for them. You could hear in Moses' voice a plea with these people, don't forget from where you've come. Don't forget what God has done in your life. Don't forget what God has rescued you from. Moses recounts what some of the places that he's been rescued from. The bondage of slavery in Egypt, the great and the terrible wilderness, a place of fiery serpents and scorpions, a thirsty place with no water, a place with no food in a place of testing. It's unlikely that any of us have experienced a place like that, um, except for Costco. But each one of us has probably experienced something that we can understand what it's like. Sometime in your life when you've wandered through what felt like a wilderness, where you didn't have any friends, or the friends that you did have felt like they had deserted you where everything that you touched, it just didn't work out right, where you felt like you had done everything to honor God with your life, but, but it wasn't true. You see, each of us have experienced a place of bondage in our lives. John, 8, chapter 30, uh, John chapter 8, verse 34 tells us, Most assuredly, I say to you, this is Jesus speaking, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this morning, I want to remind you that each one of us has known what it's like to be enslaved in sin and walk and be caught up in the things of this world. 
And if you've invited Christ to be the Lord and Savior and Master of your life, you also know what it's like for God to come in and His power and His might and His lay His hands upon you and break those chains like we sung this morning. You remember what it's like to be lost and to be dying and to be sick and to be broken and to come to God and for Him to make your life new for the first time. To be radically changed by the power of Jesus and by his sacrifice that he made for you. You know what it's like. For some of us, it might have been a long time ago. Do you remember? Do you remember what it's like for the first time when God came in and just tore you up inside? Set you free from all that stuff that, that held you down, that drew you back, that kept you from being right with him. Do you remember that? Do you celebrate that day? Do you remember what it feels like? Today, if you are sitting here and you feel like you've done everything that you know how to do to be free, you've come to God and you've asked his forgiveness. You've asked him to come and change your life and make you brand new, but you feel like you've done everything you can and you're still walking in that wilderness. I've got a message for you this morning. You might be exactly where God has called you to be. You see, you might be sitting here this morning and you're wondering what is going on. But I want you to know something this morning that my God has the power to make your prison the past. Let me say that again for somebody out there because it needs to be said. My God has the power to make your prison your past. And this morning... If you come to him and you cry out to him, all you have to do is cry out to him and he'll set you free. You see, the Bible says, John chapter 8, verse 36, Therefore, if the Son of Man makes you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. So maybe you're a Christian that has been set free and you're wondering why it doesn't feel like you're set free. You feel like you're still wandering around in the wilderness. You see... God hasn't called us as Christians to be comfortable. He's called us to be capable. He's called us to be able to to go through things and live through things and be able to help others through things. See, you're in the exact place where God has called you to be because He's preparing you. It's here that God teaches us to rely on Him and His Word. It's in the middle of the desert where you feel empty and you feel thirsty and you feel stung by fake friends all around you. But you're where you're called to be because he wants to teach you and prepare you for something more than you can handle right now. As a matter of fact, you might be living there right now. You might be dealing with that wilderness right now. Just know that God sees exactly where you are. And he's never left you. And he's not forsaking you. And he hears you. And he's been holding your hand the whole time. And you may not feel him and you may not hear him and you may not see him. But I want you to know that the Bible promises him, us, that he's there, right there with us. Going through it each and every step. This place of testing may feel impossible. And the truth is, it may be impossible to go through on your own. But Jesus tells us in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, all things... All things, all things are possible for him that believes. 
this morning, it's possible to go through what you're going through if you keep your hand in the hand that are nail-scarred. So I challenge you this morning to remember that past. You see, many people spend their lives and their energy praying that God would deliver them from that wilderness situation. They pray that God would change things. They pray that God would make their way easy. They, they pray that God would just, would just come down and magically deliver them from these, these moments. But I want to I challenge you this, this morning something. That we should pray that God gives us the strength and the courage to go through the thing. So that when we come out on the other side, we come out stronger and smarter and filled with more faith in Christ and more love for others. Because that is what God has called us to do. And that's what he's preparing for you this morning. Don't you want to be a conqueror? Don't you want to be more than a conqueror in him? Amen. So I challenge you to remember your past. I challenge you as grandparents to share your past with your children and with your children's children. Share your testimony. Remind them of what God has done in your life and how he's walked with you day in and day out. It's hard to talk about the, these things sometimes because we have to talk about times that we blew it. We have to talk about times that, that we didn't have enough faith. And we have to talk about times when we weren't as strong as we are today. And kind of pride starts getting in the way. See, pride is about forgetting who helped you get out of that stuff in the first place. Somebody needs to hear that. And see, the key to a person's radical change, the key to a person's salvation lies in you sharing what God has done in your life so that they will be challenged to see what God can do in theirs. If we forget the miracles of our past, we will begin to think that the blessings that we have are from our own ability and our own intelligence, or worse, that we're somehow entitled to have a blessed life, entitled to have the blessings that God so generously and graciously gives us. Remembering the past crushes the spirit of entitlement and awakens a heart reborn with spiritual gratitude. This morning, I want you to know that remembering the past is a cure for the common disease in our culture this morning. You see, should Israel forget her past? Moses warns that it will be destroyed just as all the other nations in, in and around them. But God will uphold them and God will uphold us when we remember what he has done. Remember those that have lived and died for our freedom. But our first allegiance must lie with Christ because he lived and he died for our eternal freedom. So may we never forget our past, but may we never forget our purpose. Come on, turn to somebody and say, don't forget your purpose. See, this is important because it's so easy to try to Try to walk through life and do something and then forget about what you're there for and what you're doing. And uh, I was talking about this point with my wife last night. And she reminded us, uh, or she told me about a story that my mother told her. And it was so unbelievable 
that I just had to call my mom to find out the details because I didn't think that, I didn't think that anybody would go this far. You don't believe me. Let me just tell you the story. My mom's a sucker for seasonal cells, especially after-season cells. This one particular time, she, she went to the store and she found a, a whole bunch of Christmas wrapping paper that she wanted to purchase. So she, she bought it all and she brought it home and she decided that she was wanting to store it underneath her bed. But she didn't want to just throw it under the bed and so she decided she needed a, a storage box, a storage container. So she went out back to the store and she bought a storage container for all this wrapping paper. She placed it all in there and then she tried to slide it under her bed and what happens? Boom, won't fit. So she does what any reasonable person would do in this situation. She goes and gets risers to lift her bed up. <laughs> Makes sense. Won't fit. Make the bed higher. And as she slides it on her bed, she's smiling, and she steps back, and she looks. And to her dismay, the dust ruffle is not long enough. So she goes back to the store and she goes and picks up a dust ruffle that's longer this time and she comes back and she puts it all on and it's really nice and neat looking and she steps back and it doesn't match the curtains. So she says, well, my dust ruffle needs to match my curtains. And so she goes out to the store and, and, and proceeds to purchase curtains. But this time she wises up. You can't get anything past her. So she, she goes out and she buys throw pillows that match her curtains so she doesn't have to go back out again. She brings them home and she puts it all out and she, she steps back and she looks at it and, and it looks okay, but, but you know, she, she likes it actually better the way it used to be decorated, but, but she wanted the wrapping paper and so this is kind of what she's stuck with. Unfortunately, she didn't like the wrapping paper that much. And so she's still got a lot of wrapping paper. If anybody wants some Christmas wrapping paper for free, she, she's glad to give it to you. See, the, the problem is this is, a, this is a tragic tell of a person that, that started out right but forgot their purpose in the midst of what was going on, in the midst of everything that was good and a blessing of buying all these new things and doing all this stuff. She forgot what she set out to do in the first place. That would sound like anybody in here. I don't know. <laughs> See, it's human nature. It's human nature for us to be caught up in all the good things in life and to completely forget about the great blessings that are coming from God. See, the Israelites, they were led into this wonderful blessing and they found themselves caught up in the Abrahamic covenant of the blessings that God had promised generations ago. See, this covenant says this in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. They were living in this blessing. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. See, this represented an unconditional blessing that came from God to Abraham and everybody that came after him. 
They were living in this blessing. They were caught up in it. But Moses wanted to remind this new generation of Israelites about what God had told Moses in this new generation. It was a conditional covenant. This conditional covenant was called the Mosaic Covenant. And it said something like this. If you follow the commandments, then you will be in right relationship with me. If you remember God is the one providing these blessings, then you will continue to be blessed. If you do not remember God, then you will die. It sounds like a pretty open, closed case here. There is no one on the face of this earth that would question whether or not America was radically blessed. They may wonder and question who, but they know that we are a blessed nation. We are a blessed people from sea to shining sea. Our economy and our education are unmatched throughout the world. There is no greater force for good in the world than America. And I might add to that point that there is no greater force in this world than America because we have the army and the navy and the marines. How about that? And the air force and the coast guard that cannot be matched. But I want to share with you this evening or this morning that we live in a country where we affirm that success is not bound by anything of this world. That success is only limited by the stars in the sky and our creativity is limited by even less than that. But in spite of our black marks, in spite of our failures, in spite of the problems that we face, we are, the, we are still the greatest country on the face of this earth. And God has blessed us with such a tremendous blessing. We can forget that it was bought with a great price. It's evident in our society that the price of freedom grows more unclear each and every day. A simple man on the street interview would remind us that our citizens barely are able to understand the difference between rights and responsibilities. And worse yet, we are confused. And worse yet, we confuse the guilty conscience of abortion with a violation of a right to choose. Our purpose is to live in a new covenant that God has made with us. This new covenant calls the old covenants, the Abrahamic and the Mosaic covenant, it it calls them to be done with. We are entered into this new covenant. Jeremiah got a glimpse of this covenant in Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. It says, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No more shall every man teach his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity, and I will forgive their sin and remember it no more. I want to tell you this morning that from Jeremiah to the writer of Hebrews, we were reminded of a covenant that we've entered in with Christ, with God through Christ. And that's simply this. He'll write his law in our minds and our hearts that he'll be our God and we'll be his people. 
that we'll know him and that he'll forgive our sins. See, we're not entitled to anything outside of these promises. We're not entitled to anything outside of this covenant, but he does bless his people. New houses and new cars and new cell phones are all blessings. They're all nice things. Jobs, a sense of security, and even a new Costco may be okay. But it's easy to forget in the midst of a blessing to allow all these new things, all these blessings to become our purpose. Let me say that again. It's easy in the midst of all these blessings to allow the blessings to become our purpose. We mustn't do that, Christ's legacy. We exist to love him and to love others just as he loved us first. It is in Christ and Christ only that we find our purpose, our value, and our meaning. So may we never forget our purpose. And finally, may we never forget our power. See, Moses stated to this new generation of people that if you forget God, if you forget him, the provider of each and every blessing of our life, that they would think it was by their own power, by their own hands, by their own ability, by their own intelligence, that they would think somehow it was caused by them. He went on to say that their only power was a power of choice. That they could choose to remember the one that gave them the blessings or instead they would choose to forget the one that gave their blessings and find only sorrow and in death. So this morning, it's not, I want to tell you that it's not within man's power to receive blessings from God like the ones that he promises. See, each and every one of us know and hear and have heard stories and know people that have lived a life of blessing, that have looked in everything that they ever wanted or maybe a lot of the stuff that they liked, they had. But the problem was is it was filled with sorrow. More money, more problems. But Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22 tells us this. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. But watch this. And he adds no sorrow with it. No sorrow. It's not just rich in money. That might sound nice. But in the end, I want to be rich in blessings from God. I want to know that I'm in His perfect will. Whether I'm in the land of milk and honey or I'm in the wilderness, I want to be exactly where God wants me to be. This morning, I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're doing and I don't know what kind of blessing or curse that you're experiencing. But I want you to know this morning that if you're exactly where God wants you to be, then you're free and you're blessed and you're empowered and you're equipped to do all God has for you. You see, the Israelites' only power in ours this morning was simply this. We can choose Christ and in Him find life. Or we can choose 
We can choose something else. We can choose ourselves. We can choose our jobs. We can choose our families. We can choose security in the future. We can choose, we, we can choose money. We can choose privilege. We can choose all of these other things in our life. But I want you to know this morning that if you haven't gone through the entire list, if you are sitting there this morning knowing that the Holy Spirit is witnessing into your heart that you're doing something besides choosing God, choosing to honor God, I want you to know this morning that the end is not pretty. That there's sorrow. That there's pain. That there's hurt. There's heartbreak. There's torn relationships and marriage at the end of that. Don't go that direction. Don't keep on walking. You do not have to keep walking that direction this morning. You have a choice. You can walk confidently, boldly, where God has for you. No matter the problems, no matter the war, no matter the struggle, no matter the the serpents and the scorpions and the thirst and the lack of food, you can walk in it because he's right there next to you and he'll give you manna that your dad never knew about. He'll give you things that you never thought were possible like water out of a rock. He'll do things that that were impossible like marching around a building and watching it fall. He'll do things that were improbable like leading you with a cloud and a fire. Young person, graduate, trust the Lord when times get tough because times do get tough. They get difficult. They get hard. You get filled with frustration. And that's the moment that the enemy is going to tempt you. He's not going to come whenever you're strong, is he, parents and grandparents? He'll come whenever it's hard. Maybe you're here this morning and you're dealing with that very thing. Don't keep walking that direction because the end is filled with sadness. See, it doesn't sound like much of a decision, but I assure you that Each and every day, tens of millions of people make a choice to ignore where their blessing comes from. They make a choice to ignore God and to ignore His Holy Spirit that is drawing them, wooing them into His presence, into right relationship. This morning, there may be even people here that are choosing to ignore the Holy Spirit, draw them and lead them into right relationship. God, touch them. You see, because the blessings in our life cause us to forget the pain. We forget the wars that we've been through. We forget the sin and the shame. We forget about the bondage. And yes, we even forget about the joy of our salvation. But I want to remind you and I want to challenge you this morning that on this day, that you remember what God has done in your life. You remember the wars. You remember the hurt and the pain and the challenges that you've gone through. You remember the hard times because it's in those hard times that God proved himself to you. And he proved himself to your family and to your friends. It's a testimony. Remember what he's done. Remember by telling them Remember by sharing these hard stories because they deserve to be told. 
Because it may be in your hard story. It may be in the midst of your pain and your hurt and your sacrifice that you share with others that God chooses to use it to draw someone to Him and deliver them out of the same bondage that you were bound in. So may we remember Christ's legacy and may we never forget